Gonna put him to work editing this thing. Yeah, it's gonna take me hours. Today is April 15th, 2023, and you're listening to episode 15 of the Tom and Scott Podcast Show, broadcasting from the south side of the I-35 corridor today, directly two years with a fresh look at pop culture, current events, and whatever we find interesting. I'm Scott, the guy who wishes he had web shooters, and... And I'm Tom, the guy who just found out the T is for strange. <laughs> Welcome to our virtual Waffle House visit today. Today, uh, well, you know, we had sausage and eggs for that's breakfast, right. so that's pretty much what I'm going to order. That's right. You, you can get that kind of uh, down here in the Dragon's Den Diner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Actually, we're not too far from an actual Waffle House, are we? We might have to hit it before you go. Yeah, well, you know, there's always that. Um, <laughs> make sure that we're uh, our constitutions remain liquid and active if we go to Waffle House, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, this is the first time in our podcast history of the year and a half or so that we've been doing, maybe a little less than a year and a half, that we've actually been able to do it in the same location, because usually we do it over Zoom. Yeah, poor guy's got to look at me while we talk. <laughs> yeah, because when we do it over Zoom, you usually have your video off, and I just have that uh, avatar-looking face of yours. That's right. There. I don't I don't uh, broadcast my video. <laughs> But Scott did bring me a little, the, the reason I said tea is for strange, he did bring me a little gift. It was a Doctor Strange in a tea shape, so yeah, I thought that was really cute. Thank you. Really cool, rather. Yeah, thank you, Marvel, for coordinating Doctor Strange with the letter T. And as I discussed with you, that uh, I always complain because I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and they never put, I shouldn't say they never, but typically... Spider-Man's on a letter nobody uses, like Q, probably <laughs> to try to boost sales, I guess. I don't quite understand that. But you'd think Spider-Man would be on the S. You just have to change your name to Quincy or something so, so you can spell your name out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting around uh, Tom's kitchen table. There's uh, a little movement around the house, so if you hear something in the background, it's just a pug snoring or... Or a cat wanting in and out of a door or something like that. Or our wives are walking around here somewhere. But they're getting ready to go crafting, craft shopping or something. I don't know. Anyway, I said I don't know about three times there in a row. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know either. So, <laughs> but it is good to be down on the southern end of the I-35 corridor away from the northern end of the I-35 corridor. But, of course, as soon as I flew down here, the temperature went way up. In the northern latitude, oh, so yeah. I'm a little aggravated by that. But that's all right. We're enjoying some great weather down here, great sunshine, and great uh, fellowship with our friends down in the southern latitude. So with that, we turn it over to Tom's interesting fact of the day. Okay. I t- told you we were going to kind of keep it short. We're going to look at an idiom today, and we talked about it shortly, but this pops up in video games, movies, um casual conversation in fact he said it and he didn't know i was going to talk about it just a few (laughs) minutes ago so the phrase is in the pipe five by five and so you might know what it means um you may have heard it in a couple different movies i heard it in a video game i was showing him earlier that i play 
So it's actually two different phrases, and they both kind of have roots in uh, in the military, or at least heavy uses. So mm-hmm. the first part is in the pipe or in the pipeline. So really all that that means is, as you would expect, it's under wood. It's underway, or it's following a process. In fact, I didn't even realize this before, but in my job, we do a lot of stuff with what they call CICD, which is just computer jargon, com- uh, continuous integration, continuous delivery. So we have a bunch of tasks, and they go into a pipeline, and they complete one by one by one. It could also mean a procedure, several steps, well-defined path, but basically you're underway. So that's in the pipe. Uh, the Navy might be... Uh, the enemy is clear to attack. Like we can, mm. we can see the kind of, you know, it's, you can make it. You can get in the. They're in the pipeline. They're achievable. Um, in aviation, it's um, we've aimed the bomb correctly. So uh. Kind of like ready to shoot. Or yeah, I just thought it was kind of fun just rolling around. So the other expression, of course, is five by five, and that's the one he used. And that definitely comes from the military, and it describes uh, signal quality. So there's two parts to it. Clarity and strength. So the higher the number, up to five, the better it is. So you might have high clarity but low strength, so it's going to pop in and out. Or you might have great strength and terrible clarity. Um, I think everybody gets it. Yeah. Everybody's been on a Zoom call, went, (laughs) and you buffer up, and all of a sudden you talk real fast. You know, that would be bad strength. Unmute yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, scale of one to five. So pretty a five by five pretty much means perfect. So... According to my research, um, together they basically mean it's underway and everything looks great. In the video game I was playing, it's almost exactly like the original origin of the phrase pushed together, which is from the movie Aliens. When they're bringing that little dropship down, she goes, you know, in the pipe, five by five. (laughs) So they were flying down to the surface. Everything looks great. And five by five also could not, it can mean other things. Like, um, well, you get it. It's adaptable. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they said a lot of people use it for authenticity, even though it's technically inauthentic to use them together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's how movie tropes go and little idioms go. They come Yeah, and they, they sneak into the language. That's and then, right. of course, if you are around somebody who's just immigrated to the United States and have recently learned English, <laughs> they don't get those kind of idioms. So it's good to have some knowledge about where they come from. And I love being asked because the best part of being asked is not knowing. (laughs) Well, I think it means this. Yeah. You say it all the time, knucklehead, but uh, it's fun looking it up. Yeah. There's some guy who does uh, YouTube videos and YouTube shorts on why he's an Englishman that married his spouse is American and he's moved to America. I think he lives on the East Coast someplace, but uh, he does little videos on why British English is different from American English. And it, he goes back through some history lessons on that. And it's quite interesting. But I, I remember back when I was in high school, we had a French foreign exchange student. And I still remember, you know, as this is back in Nebraska and you get those uh, big thunderstorms that come through and just dump to- t- tons of rain. And my mom looked out the window and said, it's raining Cats and dogs. Cats and dogs. <laughs> and this guy from France is looking out the window like, I don't see no cats and dogs. What kind of clouds <laughs> rain cats and dogs? <laughs> right. Where, where does that come from? So we had a long discussion about 
what that means. It's raining cats and dogs. And you know what? I don't even, I've never looked it up why people started. I, you know, I wonder if back in the day there was a bad thunderstorm that sucked all the cats and dogs <laughs> up and just. Well, there have, been, there have been storms that rain fish. So this that's is a, true. That's a kind of a weird thing. My dad remembers that from being in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, some uh, cyclone. What do you, what do you call them out on? I the, think it's a water spout. Water spout. Yeah. That's it. Had picked up a bunch of uh, fish, and then they, like he, you could see them dumping all over the place. That fish were just falling out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I guess it happens every once in a while in Florida. I'm sure it happens on down by Galveston and Texas, you know, all along the Gulf Coast. I well, imagine you get it. If I ever see it, I'd be looking for six other plagues myself. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah. Where's Wormwood? (laughs) 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 Well, thank you for bringing all that information to us. You're a bountiful fountain of knowledge. (laughs) I think he's being sarcastic. I don't know. Well, Tom and I have been sitting around here just talking for like three days. We could have been recording the podcast the whole time. (laughs) That's true. So So uh, the other thing we're going to skip. Skip into, uh, we're going to talk about some news stories today, but the first thing I want to talk a little bit about was Discord. Of course, um, Discord's in the news right now because that's where, and we'll talk a little bit after we talk about Discord, about the Massachusetts National Guardsman who has linked a bunch of, leaked a bunch of uh, classified information, and he did it through a Discord server. And um, you were telling me something earlier today about uh, Discord and how easily it stays connected, even if you're restarting s- systems and things like that, which I didn't realize. But um, kind of talk a little bit about uh, Discord for people who might be listening that don't really get it or understand what a Discord server is. Okay, sure. Uh, well, on the surface, it's a lot like Zoom. It's a lot like any of these uh, chat, uh, typing chat or video chat. Uh, applications that also has screen sharing, you know, mm-hmm. a lot like Zoom or Skype or whatever you use, Teams or some other ones. Anyway, those those kind of things. Yeah. Where it kind of differentiates itself is it's easy to set up little communities that people can dump in and out of. So you don't have to call in at the same time as like for me, my siblings, we all call into the same number. The room's always there. So you log into Discord, you connect to different rooms. I think I'm in just a few, just like six. Mm-hmm. but uh, each of them are different communities and I'm actually using the word correctly because it's people that are interested in certain things. I have, I have one with just my video gaming friends and I've joined a couple others that are different applications or um, just so different they, varied interests. Those communities never shut down. They're always active. That's right. So any people are jumping in and out of them all the time. And right? they have defined channels okay. and even sub channels and, um, it's kind of fun. You can either type or talk or, like I say, video or you can even live stream through it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say it's uncontrolled because you have to register, you have to log in, everything. But it's pretty resilient. That's what I was talking about. I can, I can turn off my VPN and it just disrupts the signal for a quarter second. And I always marvel at that because, well, a minute ago I was broadcasting from another country mm-hmm. or complete different area in the U.S., and it just reconnects. Nobody even notices me being gone. It's wow. pretty crazy. Um, it was one of so, the first ones that had noise compression, too, where I could, I might have told you this before, where I could clap. Uh-huh. I won't do it too. While I was talking, and I'm like, what'd that sound like? And my friends go, what? 
Mm. They could not hear the clap at all. It was pretty crazy. A lot of them do it now, but yeah, I was very impressed by that. So when uh, you log on to Discord, can you tell what who is in what community or? Yes, different? you can see who's um, assigned. You can see if they're like logged in. Uh, another way I use it is, okay, you know the modern problems with. I'm holding my phone. I know this is an audio <laughs> podcast, but uh, my wife really likes to use Facebook. Mm-hmm. My daughter likes to use text. And my son likes to use Discord. So we're connected in Discord, and I can see it on my phone. Oh. And another cool thing about this, and I know a lot of the other ones do this, is, uh, <laughs> all right, one time I went to Six Flags, because mm-hmm. uh, which is down here in uh, Arlington, pretty close to us. Um, and Mary and, and Michael went into the park. But I wasn't going to go, because I was tired, and I, I don't fit on half the rides. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> my bones hurt. Um <laughs> Anyway, I actually connected and talked to two friends who were playing a video game, and I was just like chatting with them on my phone in the car, and I could type or I could just listen to them like I'm on the phone. And you weren't playing the game. Oh, sit in my is, car. Yeah, this is so <laughs> yeah. Discord functions completely outside of whatever whatever people are doing in their lives. That's right. Yeah. So, right. and it, it's easy to set up several communities. You can have uh, custom. Uh, like icons or emojis mm-hmm. and those are kind of fun yeah. uh, we've done a couple of them that are specific to us it it, it wouldn't be important to anyone listening well, except for pemberton <laughs> hey john uh, we're, we made a little uh, a sign that was it pertained to our game at the destiny at the time but um you can also buy levels that give you all kinds of different capabilities you can create events hmm. that'll pop up and say hey the game's starting oh yeah. so you, you do like so through Discord, like an app on your phone or something, you'll get like a message that says, hey, it's time to go play Halo or yep. something and it, like it, that. You can connect right to the voice room. You can have several voice rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, It's pretty neat. And if, it's free for the most part. So if I'm hearing you correctly, like if you had a group of friends and you were all playing a first-person kind of shooter as a team kind of thing and you were all on a mission, but maybe you were playing against another team, you could all be on the same discord community but you would have two different sub channels for team a and team b but yep. they're all in the same discord area absolutely and then you guys could jump out of those channels to cross talk but but you could also talk to your teams yeah that's absolutely correct that's almost exactly how we use it and then you can also disassociate the chat from the video or audio channel oh. so you could have like a common chat area and we're always Saying snarky things, yeah. putting, you know, like everybody does, little video right. memes and things in there. It's uh, it's quite a great product, and like I said, it's free. So, what's the benefit of using Discord over, like, when you, if you're on like an Xbox or a PlayStation or whatever, like the games have their own um, chat channels. Xbox mm-hmm. has its own chat channel that goes along, let's say, with like Halo uh, or another game. So, what's the benefit of using discord over that kind of stuff i don't know if there's any difference other than it's disconnected from your platform okay so while steam and different uh, galaxy games i think does it too and some other ones will tap into it and share your status and saying you're playing a game or something um again you can do it on your phone Mm -hmm. i I didn't even have a computer with me and i was talking to my friends or you could have uh cross-platforming you know anybody can connect with a laptop Pretty sure John connects 
with a laptop, not the one he's playing on. And I just use the same computer. But again, you could use your um, phone. So he's got the game going on one system and yep. then connects on Discord on another. Yep. To me, that's yeah. too much, but that's, yeah. you know me. You, you saw my setup. I like everything in front of me. Flipping around and being fancy. You and your 75-inch monitors. And then I surround myself <laughs> with other laptops. But, but I, I would say that's the big benefit is you can just set it up ad hoc. Mm-hmm. I can set up a room right now, send people invites, and they're there. Um, and it's disconnected from any system, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why, to get back to your original thing, that that person chose that channel to share. Now, some people are claiming oh it's a security problem well how's that different than yeah any writing other... it down and mailing it to them or in facebook you can have closed communities or twitter yeah. or whatever right. so it's don't shoot the messenger i guess is is what i'm looking at because i've there's something else happened where they were talking about cracking down on i was like well there's only so much you can do before you're just yeah well there's that big face. that big bill they're trying to push through Congress right now, mainly focused on TikTok, but it's on all social media and well, trying to crack that's down. That's what there. they say. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> it sure seems like the end of, we don't really have net neutrality, but it kind of seems like the end to a lot of that freedom. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we have the Pentagon leaker, leaker suspect, Jack. I can't pronounce this guy's last name. T-E-I-X-E-I-R-A. Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Smythe. It's it's spelled this way, but it's pronounced Smith. The T E I X E I R A are silent. I think that's my password. Oh. It was automatically generated. Yeah. <laughs> so it it you know to be honest, it looks like a fake Chinese company name off Amazon. <laughs> QXQKR. <laughs> right. So, a couple of times That's I bought funny. headphones from TX Era on Amazon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he used Discord, of course, to um, uh, share these classified Pentagon briefings that were PowerPoints. Now, some of the stuff in there the military keeps saying was made up. So, whether that's true or not, I don't know. And most of the stuff he released is dated so it's not necessarily current although as time has went on now more and more stuff seems to be relevant uh to the the story this morning from the new york post is that it of course this guy's 21 so he just graduated high school three years ago um that his big thing in his 2020 uh graduate uh from Dington Rayo both regional high school in Massachusetts was actions speak louder than words. That was his catchphrase. <laughs> so I guess he took that to heart, um, you know, and released uh, all this classified stuff. Is that true? What's that? Is that true? That, that's, that's, that's yeah. It's in the New York post article I'm looking at right now. So we'll put, no, of I course, if it was true. Not if the New York post, post. said it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Zinger. Uh, well, it does have quotes around it, so okay. we'll assume uh, he's you know uh, he was a classmate named John Powell said he was dead set on joining some branch of the military, even as a kid. Um, 
and he had a whole bunch of fascination, <coughs> excuse me, whole bunch of fascination with the armed for armed forces, and so he joined up. Uh, so the so what I wanted to talk a little bit of, of course, we I don't remember what episode it was, but we talked about top secret, mm-hmm. and we both have had you know classified uh, status as part of our military training, and uh, and I do, you know, I always joke knowing what I was like as a teenager, somehow I got a top secret security SCI clearance as an 18 year old, (laughs) which is now that I look back and I am 29 and 300 and some months, 301 months, I think now, like what was the federal government thinking? (laughs) Well, it's more about trustworthiness and, and, uh, you know, everybody could drive 200 miles an hour down the road, but Mm -hmm. they all know. Well, except for the really young or diluted. Right. That you're going to pay for it eventually. Yep. That's um, right. Or endanger someone. So I think that's what they... I know you pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I think they judge you pretty well. No, reckless and dumb, sure. Yeah. At 18. 18 but, yeah. But, um, I, you know, I remind people when they're watching, like, you, know, you, you go see Top Gun Maverick or you go to watch any of the movies where you see a bunch of people like on an aircraft carrier sending those jets off or you see uh, folks in the military loading million dollar missiles on the bottom of planes and and all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, you're looking at a bunch of teenagers and or young adults. None of them are over 40, most likely. Yeah. Yeah, they are young because, well, first off. Probably not even over 30, most of them. Physically, you couldn't just handle the work yep. and uh in that kind of stuff and in in those environments and uh but it, it is a bunch of very young people and the and it, it's a great way if uh especially young men or young women if they don't understand what they want to do with life the military gives you focus and clarity and often teaches you what you don't want to do which is fine, but you learn to show up on time and you learn to, you know, go to work and you learn to listen to people and you learn to work on teams and you learn how to do very complicated things in very stressful situations, which is always a benefit in life. Okay. Cue the jingle. Be all that you can. (laughs) And I'd agree. And I I would, although I would argue with people that say, I know the military makes a man out of you. And I'd always go, no, it lets you be one. Yep. It kind of gets out of your way, and it's one of the. And I'm not trying to talk anybody into it. We're just mm-hmm. chatting here, but it kind of gives you the. Uh, well, first of all, the opportunity, like I said, to to mature and grow into what you're going to do, and make a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. and learn. Um, but also, I used to tell my uh, my son who went in the Navy, um, Andy, mm-hmm. um, and he he agreed right away. It's it's one of the only jobs you work where you get back definitely more than you put into. Yeah. It. Even though you're saying, oh, they don't pay that much in the beginning. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but they take care of you too. Yeah. You don't have medical bills. You don't need to be housed. You don't need to worry about where your food's coming from. Yeah. And that community is mm-hmm. tight, amazing. Yeah. Still so, is. So let's start. Yeah. So uh, one thing I don't like that they're doing in all the news articles is somebody's flown a drone up and taken a picture of his parents' house and where he lives. And I wish they wouldn't do that kind of stuff because in the nature of our culture right now, that that's just bad news. Uh, 
But um, so let's talk about what he um, leaked through the Discord. So again, mm-hmm. going back, Discord should not be banned or boycotted just because this person chose to use it as his avenue to disseminate the information. So Discord had nothing to do with that, and it's not a bad it's not a bad thing. In fact. Uh, through the organization where I work, uh, we're finding a lot of very lonely kids um, connecting in very positive ways. We're utilizing Discord to reach out to kids that are basically shut-ins. And uh, and they're asking for help for their parents and prayer requests go through there, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a really unique way to reach out because they're not on other social media. And Discord is their their way to build, like you said, you, you set up communities in there and it's their community. And so we're reaching into their community to draw them out into the greater population and, and allow them another avenue to communicate. So I really don't like the chatter online about, you know, well, and and if you did, are you going to shut down zoom? Yeah. Right. Uh, Or there's probably three different upstarts that do almost exactly the same thing. Um, gilded, Okay. Is I've installed that just to play with it, and I was like, "Well, it's exactly the same as Discord." Discord. It just oh. it, it has a little bit different features, so you know, don't write Maybe. angry letters to me, <laughs> um, or 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 do. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. Whatever. I'll learn something. Yeah, post um, something on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and post. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's other ways to do it. So mm-hmm. focusing on one just misses the mark. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and uh, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Thanks, Boris. <laughs> Stop running. Um, so I, I did want to talk to you about. So I have mixed emotions about the release because one, there's there's this. Uh, if you hear a little clickety clacks, the pugs are walking, <laughs> circling around us for some reason. Uh, that there. I don't feel like the federal government's being completely honest about what's happening. Of course, a lot of this information has sent that he released was centered on Ukraine and Russia and things like that. So I, there's something the, the talks are now deciding to deafening go. to me. I don't know. <laughs> if they can hear it. Oh yeah, it's coming through, but it's all right. <laughs> okay. The two pugs are right next to me <laughs> drinking water lavishly. <laughs> so I'll fix it in post. No, I'm too lazy. Uh, they're it's a just virtue. Going, it's a virtue. They are, I have not seen them since I've been here drink this much water. What it'll, if, it'll be a moment. Oh, Stanley's done. So Cosmo's still going. Thank you for dripping all over the power block for my computer, too. I appreciate that. Stanley. We're, we're going to do a, a test on his uh, UL listing. <laughs> He's still, still drinking. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny oh, how something I hear all the time is so amusing. <laughs> until, yeah. So, so I know that um, some of what is going on in Ukraine, our government is not, some of it has to remain secret, obviously, sure. but it just seems like there's something that they're holding back on and it feels hinky. Part of it is you're getting it through 
biased news agencies. And by biased news agencies, I mean every stinking one of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know how else to put it. The other part is the nature of the information. We talked about classified information before. Mm-hmm. It isn't like uh, 400 soldiers at this place mm-hmm. moved to this place, like most of it is. Right. Some of it is an assessment. Um, and they won't tell us exactly what's going on because it is classified. But um, an assessment and an, and a, I'm trying to think of the word. It's escaping me. Um, just just sort of a sort of a sit rep, as they would yeah. say in the in the biz. And it's um, a point in time look at stuff, right? And that probably won't be declassified for a long time because you don't want to release to the enemy. Boy, they're really kicking our butts, you know. Yeah. So we better pull back. Or or it's revealing the information in and of itself isn't classified, but again, the source that it came from. Oh, it's classified, and the folks looking at the data can say the only source that data could have came from is this individual or from this facility, and then that heightens the enemy's awareness that uh, we need to crack down in this area to stop the leak. So a lot of classified stuff is in and of itself isn't classified, but it's the source that it came from that needs to remain classified. And that that is why people get really concerned because people's lives are at stake. Right. And, and even once you know there could be a leak, there are ways that intelligence agencies can root them out. Mm-hmm. I mean, more sophisticated than this. But for example, you have 10 suspects, you tell them 10 things. Yeah. And whatever information bubbles up and gets released, that guy's gone. Yeah. Um, yep. Just look, watch some of the recent uh, stuff going on in the Chinese Politburo, oh. right? Where we just saw some of the politicians get exited. Yep. <laughs> you can see them fighting and then they whisper something in their ear, probably like, uh, walk out of here. Yeah, you're dead, but your family's okay. Yeah. If you walk out of here. We're not chopping everybody's head off. <sighs> Man, all the just... Yeah. Yeah. Everybody look at that and realize how free we really are. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and cherish it. Right. And, you know, like throughout the last year, we've been hearing about people in Russia. Oh, another person fell off of a building. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? There's a rash of gravity issues happening throughout <laughs> Russia right now. There was a bullet in his house and he ran real fast, fast. into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honest officer, he fell on the knife seven times. <laughs> so yeah, so there is that element to it that I I don't like that the information was released. Uh, laws are broken here. Mm-hmm. If you release classified information, uh, you need to go to jail. Okay, so there is that because people's lives are at stake. But I say that with an asterisk because if. Again, it feels like there's just, there's something super hinky and a little, so we don't know, the, the military hasn't quite, they said some of the stuff that's come out is nefarious, not nefarious, but false. Some of the stuff probably is nefarious, <laughs> but, uh, and some of it is uh, true, but it's, they, you know, they say it's true, but it's dated. So it's not worth anything anymore. Well, that's what I would say if it was all accurate, too. Right. So the, um, but it, 
But even in those documents, it's starting to reveal that we've got special forces in the area. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But man, when we start, so we're old enough to remember the tail end of the Vietnam conflict because it wasn't a war. It was a conflict, <laughs> uh, police action that took up billions of dollars and tons and tons of personnel and military vehicles, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we were alive as that was winding down, of course, born right in the middle of the conflict. Uh, and there was a lot of hinkiness that went around around Vietnam. And uh, we've all, all everybody listening to this has probably lived through the entire 20 some years of the Afghanistan conflict. Mm -hmm. And at least partial, we remember partially what has went on in the Middle East with Iraq. And as more information comes out about a lot of that stuff, there was just some really weird things that we were doing. Now, I'm always of the contention along with other military scholars, Vietnam went on so we could test weapon systems in live combat. I'm pretty sure Afghanistan went on as long as it did so that we could test some new weapon systems in live combat. And uh, and once we felt like we were done testing the systems, the, the conflict ended. It had nothing to do with the people, although it should have. That So as uh, my family likes to hear from me, don't hear what I'm not saying, <laughs> but uh, we should have been there for the people and to stabilize the area. But I don't think that altruistically we may have started out that way, but it morphed into something else. And that's my personal opinion. So please uh, feel free to comment on Facebook about that. But uh, the, the reality is, <laughs> Oh, he's actually ringing the bell today. Usually he just scratches at the you door. Know the boss is. So we are now taking a break to let the pug <laughs> out of the house. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm just jabbering here, I guess. I, I'm really conflicted about this release. Same way I was with Ed Snowden and uh, what's the other? Uh, Assange. 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 You, you know, some of that stuff should... He broke laws. They need to go to jail. You, you leak classified. But... Would we have ever found out about the extent of the NSA spying on us if those documents hadn't been released? Yeah, it's, a lot of times these things need a conversation. The conversation might lead to a reality. It might read or lead to a farce. So yeah, but I just want to say all this stuff about weapons. Uh, living in an area where Raytheon uh, is, I, I disavow all knowledge of. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of Raytheon stuff around here, and and there are big weapons uh, manufacturing. So, and those companies are doing great. Yeah. So at least on an economic analysis, it's easy to come to that conclusion. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know if there's any evidence behind that, um, but we know we don't know the whole story. Yeah, and I think that's the. But we can't because if we knew the whole story, yeah, the enemy would know the story. Yeah, but it. This is the problem. There's not an enemy right now. We're just supposed to be supporting the Ukraine. Well, some people against their say we have two enemies against but, uh, <laughs> their enemy. Yeah, is it is it my friend's enemy? Is my enemy too? But that's what led to World War One. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, of course everybody's contention that you know all the world wars have started in that area, and. 
Well, at least the European world wars. Well, even if we were able to kind of unwind the threads and, you know, pick them apart, I seriously doubt there's one, even if it's a conspiracy, Mm -hmm. even if there's something going on, um, even if it's all legit or all fake, I doubt if there's one little thread of information we need to watch. Yeah. I'm guessing there's a hundred, probably 12 big ones and a hundred little ones. So sorry about that. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Was that your knuckle? No, I s- slapped my notebook oh, down. Oh, it sounded like you're... We're just... We're going to make all kinds of noises <laughs> today. We're just going to irritate click, Scott. Click. <laughs> <laughs> going to put him to work editing this thing. Yeah, it's so. going to take me hours. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, again, I'm too lazy. <laughs> just put it... So enjoy the sound effects, everyone. <laughs> well, we're just being blessed by being in person. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, well, I, years later, I'm sure, well, as we're grumpy old men sitting on our front porch with shotguns, shooting at salesmen driving by, <laughs> secondhand lions reference, uh, that uh, I'm sure we'll read books about this and go, oh, you know, and uh, maybe Bill O'Reilly will still be alive and you know, write a killing Ukraine book or something. <laughs> well, look how much more we know about JFK. Oh, wait. <laughs> Not very much. We have more theories than ever and less information. Uh, The most logical theory is Magneto tried to save him from from death. I've seen video evidence. Yes. (laughs) There's no way else that bullet could have curved the way it did, right? So it had to be Magneto. Um. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, let's go on to other stuff. So there's this these pension protests going on in France. There are. I don't seem to be seeing it on the news much. What? (laughs) (laughs) Now, sitting in America, watching them uh, complain about the ages, and they're lower than our ages for retirement. Yes. They're about the same. You know, you sit there and go, oh, come on, you big babies. And then... You think about it again, and it's like, well, if I was close to retirement and they moved the goalposts, yeah, I'd be a little ticked. Right. Well, it's why nobody in politics in the United States will change. Social Security, everybody agrees it's messed up. Nobody wants to touch it. Well, and you can't because the second you touch it, you're accused of all manner of things. Yes. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what side you're on. doesn't matter what the purpose is. You're going to steal from us. Well, probably already are, but uh, steal more from us, I think I would say. Yeah. Um, so there, yeah, in France. Steal's a strong word, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Theft by deception. Oh, that might be too strong. <laughs> <laughs> Taxation without representation? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, they're wanting to re- raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. So the um, yeah. So I don't. When did they change their the? So you can retire in the United States. When is it that you become eligible for Social Security? I thought it was sixty three or sixty five. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, there there's the partial. So there's like the early 60s, you can apply and get Social Security. So you can retire in your early 60s. No, maybe it's 62 then. I think it's 62, but you don't get, you. whenever you retire, you lock in the benefit. Mm-hmm. And I think 67 is when the maximum benefit is. 
So like in our age bracket. Now, at some point in time, they changed that. I don't remember when it was. I think it was in the 80s or something like that, that they saw some potential issues with Social Security. So they bumped it up a couple of years because it's always been 65. And it's compelling you to retire. Yeah. You don't it's have not to. walking you out of the building. Right. Which at this point, sitting where I am at my age, I tell my friends who I, t- I told you, buddy mm-hmm. of mine, already retired way early and can't understand why anybody would wait. I'm like, I want to work still. Yeah. So I'm sure it will change at some point, or maybe I won't be able to do my job at some point as my brain turns to chicken soup or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's compelling you. So there's reasons to stay. There's, I don't want to say penalties, but kind of kind of penalties. Mm-hmm. You don't get quite as much. That's um, just like a pension or a yeah. or other benefits from companies. So no, they kick in at certain points. It's a complicated, tangled web of mm-hmm. uh, rules, regulations, laws, and whatnot. So yeah, so France is facing fourteen point eight billion billion dollars that's converted from euros. By 2030. So in seven years, they're going to be running a deficit in the pension program by almost $15 billion okay. a year. And so that's they're, why they're, they're compelled this, to change this, this is for aus- benefits. Yeah. Okay. So this is an austerity measure to try to salvage the system that's tanking. Well, I didn't know if it was that or labor problems, because that's another reason they tweaked that age. Mm-hmm. Is to It's, it's almost like a early retirement offered as a severance or something where you can, um, yeah, I wasn't sure until you said that. Yeah. So they're interesting. Um, so basically if you're 45, that, um, your retirement age would change to 64. So if you're okay. over 45, you're still at 62. So if you were 61, this doesn't really affect you. It doesn't affect you at all. So given that also, there were tons of protests about all the taxation changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yellow vests, isn't that what they call oh, them? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm starting to see a better picture of the French people now. They kind of feel like their government is just, well... They are a socialist government, so um, they do have control over more than just the government control. They've Mm -hmm. got kind of their employment control, too. So um, I certainly would say we are kind of socialist, too, in some ways, Mm -hmm. um, because we have a retirement system and (laughs) and benefits. But, yeah, as as soon as people start messing with your benefits, I mean, I, I think of... Well, that's the... An unnamed city that, that goes, oh, we're going to redo the firemen and policemen's pensions. Uh-huh. And whenever that happens, I just go, glad I'm in private. <laughs> glad, I'm, glad I'm employed by an employer, not the government. Yeah. But that doesn't happen as much. Um, anyway, I feel like these people have had enough. Yep. And they're not just protesting to protest. It's They feel... Very abused. They yeah. feel taken advantage of. So. Yeah, they feel oppressed. <laughs> Which is usually why you're, you protest. Oppressed. But yeah. these days, not to pick on anybody in particular, there's a lot of protesting for, I don't want to say nothing, but it's almost nothing. Yeah. It, um, yeah, you just want to say, really? Uh, 
I understand their their beef or their mm-hmm. or their uh, yeah. grievance, but and it needs to be protesting dis- needs to be discussed. Discuss, yes, discuss. Yeah. Well, and we also see that, um, in our culture right now, protests aren't evenly looked at in mm-hmm. in as much as to say some people protesting it's viewed as a very negative thing by the opposite side, and then when you protest, switch that around. Those protests are also seen as a very negative thing by the opposite side. Nobody's in France. It doesn't matter if you're right or left. They're all protesting against the government. So in in our country, we're protesting against other side of the aisle, basically. Oh, it's time for another pug break in our show today. (laughs) As the pug comes back in. Uh, Yeah, so it it is kind of... Culturally, yeah, yeah. I mean, France has a history of raising up against its leaders, and we all know what happened. You know, when during the time of the American Revolution, we're fighting against the British, and French, the Frenchman was chopping people's heads off. That's right. <laughs> so, Invented the guillotine. Yeah. yeah, off with their heads. Let them eat cake. No, <laughs> let us chop your head off. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it is a different. Uh, so when we when the news actually reports on this and they're talking about protests over there, what what people need to understand, it is completely different than protesting over here. This is like the whole country is against their government. Where over here, it's kind of like we're protesting half of the government. Depending on your your political views, you're protesting the other half of the government, and that's that's happening back and forth. But it is it is kind of a um, interesting because, of course, over there, the European Union is trying to treat each country as a state in the United States, but they're still sovereign country. They just share a common cur- currency and a techno bureaucracy. So it's just kind of interesting to see how it's playing out because it's not the only place there's protests going on over there. there. There's protests up in Belgium and Denmark and in parts of Germany, but we we simply don't hear about that stuff. Well, and to, much in to the kind States. of paint that picture, I think, like I said, I think it's the yellow, yellow, yellow vest. vest. Yeah, in France. Most people didn't even hear about that, and it was huge protests like this. It went and on it was, for months. I think it was over a year. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of Americans like, what? I go, well, they just don't show the pictures, uh-huh. which makes a protest kind of yeah. worthless. And then other things, you'll see a protest, and they've got a tight picture of a video on a group of people just like losing it. Mm-hmm. And they're in a shop. I'm, I'm making this up, but they're like in a shopping mall or something. And everybody around them is just looking at them like they're crazy. <laughs> but it gets the press. Right. Um, so it's, I'm just saying kind of keep that in mind and. Try to understand and, and empathize uh, yeah. with with their situation. Like, well, I'm sure if some if uh, the government wanted to radically change our social security system, it wouldn't matter what outside the aisle you were on. It would be group <laughs> protests. Uh, probably lots of senior citizens because they they always drum up senior get senior citizens worked up. But anytime they propose changes to social security, it's like it does not affect anybody who is currently getting social security. That's right. It's always just like France is doing. It's 20 years in the rears. If you're just turning 45 now, it's going to affect you 20 years from now, not even 20 years, 19 years. So it's, you know, it's, 
a drop in the bucket, mm-hmm. kind of, so to speak. But it's enough to get people's ire up, that's for sure. And um, I wish they would do something with the Social Security in our country because it's when we talk about patriarchal structures, Social Security was set up as a patriarchal kind of thing. And it's amazing uh, when you have to have lawyers coming around to try to help you figure out a system. That means it was created by the federal government. (laughs) If you have to hire somebody to help you figure out how to file for Social Security, then, yep, it's it's messed up. Uh, So the next story we're going to talk about is this man in Georgia who um, died in prison. um, And he got eaten by bugs in his jail cell. So it is just, just drove me nuts. So he died in as he was eaten alive by bed bugs and all these kind of other bugs that had gotten into his cell. Uh, He was, this was in uh, Fulton County jail in Georgia Uh, was not, his cell is described as being not fit for a diseased animal. That's his lawyer saying that Uh, he was 35 and he, they were getting ready to transfer him because they noticed he was getting sick from his cell. Uh, Do we have an official cause of death? Uh, yeah, I wonder. Sepsis or the the big. I mean, he wasn't in jail. For, he he got arrested on a charge of being simple battery, which is a misdemeanor. So he died in jail because of a misdemeanor. Uh, he he was in the psychiatric wing of the jail, so he had some mental issues. Um, they they had a plan to take him to a medical observation unit, but the plan never happened, and they found him dead, eaten by those bed bugs. So they weren't really checking on him. The pug is talking to somebody. <laughs> we were taking another pug break in the show today. <laughs> well, he so, was very excited about the topic. As that's well. right. Bed bugs. They taste like chicken. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, you know, they were, of course, their gel cells that he was in have the all-in-one kind of sink toilet in them and all that kind of stuff. Uh I'm assuming he was leaving for meals, although they don't talk about that in the story. The um, it's just uh, they're trying to figure out if there should be criminal charges. Uh, you know, you can see how nasty the cell was. Uh, oh, that's great! Yeah, like the guards just were letting him live in his own filth and stuff without. Uh, it is just nasty. So, well, how long had he been in there? You said it was a mis- misdemeanor. Yeah, he had been in there like three months waiting for his trial to start. Okay. It just there's there has to be more to this story. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise there's going to be well, some serious charges coming. Yeah, down there's going to be. Prison, so he didn't jail. have an extensive family. That was visiting on him. You know, it's some family. All of us have family. So there's other family members who are trying to bring the criminal justice system to uh, 
some point of accountability with this, mm-hmm. but look, we need, we need jails. When people do things wrong, they need to be held accountable. But this, this, this is an issue. And it, yeah, I, I was, just, I was simply super troubled by this and wish it would have never happened. Uh, and I don't know what else to say. Other do we than know that. how long he was, he had passed away when they say eaten by, I don't know. I didn't know if it was a splashy headline or. I know well, he died from the bug bites. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, he the story talks about him being covered, especially all over his torso, with with hundreds, if not thousands, of bed bug bites. So that's where they're getting the you know bed bugs. Of course, take a little bite out of your skin and then suck your blood. Mm-hmm. And then propagate relatively quickly. And then, you know, their offspring wants nourishment as well. And then there's other bugs that they're talking about, but they don't identify them. Okay. Just when I hear eaten alive, I think of, yeah. if you saw the first mummy movie with the scarabs. Oh, yeah. Flow over them and then a skeleton falls, you know. Right. Yeah, not quite not that. Not quite that but fast. Or, or the fourth Indiana Jones movie that I don't like talking about with the ants. Yeah. The, it was uh, a cool effect, but yeah, that's. The Indiana Jones that shall not be discussed. <laughs> Actually, we talked about it on the last episode, right? That's right. A, That's right. a sequel that should not have been made. So, <laughs> um, so there, there's been a lot of talk about uh, China and they're changing a whole bunch with their military and things like that. And uh, I, I just had a long talk with somebody because 60 Minutes recently talked about. And I didn't actually watch it because I get my news in other places. But 60 Minutes had a big story about how Chinese has the largest Navy right now uh, in the world. I think it's at 500 chip marks somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and our Navy has been dwindling. Um, we've been mothballing more ships and things like that. But the So people are getting really... Spooked, of course, the news media right now is really ramping up on China kind of hard between TikTok and other things. So there's a, a real challenge here to keep people's brain from viewing China as this ultimate enemy that we cannot defeat and for the military industrial complex just to make more weapons because China is going to you know, clean our clocks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly there's 1.4 billion people i think currently in china uh and we only we're just a small country of 300 and <laughs> comparatively small yeah so you know people are getting scared about that you know what does all that mean of course you got like uh glenn beck out there talking constantly the the uh, reserve currency of the dollar is you know and gonna go down the tubes and we're all gonna die and chicken little is you know, seeing the sky fall and all that kind of stuff. So there's just a lot of scary stuff out there. And so I bring up this uh, little story in the AP about how uh, our Secretary of State Blinken has visited Hanoi in Vietnam to boost ties between us and uh, Vietnam. Now, uh, I bring that up because it's kind of interesting because, you know, just 50 years ago, they were 
the communist country, and we talked about it earlier on the podcast, they were the communist country that uh, we were trying to keep the North Vietnamese from coming south into South Vietnam and trying to keep them a de- democratic uh, state and all of that. And it is interesting when you look at uh, the areas around China, what the um, United States is doing. So Vietnam is kind of an interesting spot because um, if you look on any map, you will see that Vietnam has a massive coastline on the South China Sea. Uh, Also, of course, you know, the United States is in uh, the Philippines and uh, we have some pretty good uh, ties with Indonesia. Of course, there's the whole thing over Taiwan, which is right on the north side of the, the South China or the north side of the South China Sea. And then Japan is in there, South Korea and the Korean Peninsula. And of course, Australia is right down there. So this is a typical, typical United States tactic to make sure that somebody that we have an issue with, that we either were poking the bear and backing them into a corner by surrounding them uh, with allies, or we're, you know, the protectionist mode of us making sure that they are boxed in. So I, I bring it up because I want people to realize that, yes, China, communism, always a threat, that kind of stuff. One, they, but they really depend on it. If we're not buying their products, they don't have a, even though they have 1.4 billion people, they don't have enough people with the ability to spend the money to buy the products that they make there. So if the United States aren't buying those products, China goes down the tubes relatively quickly. One. Number two, they're a net ex- importer of energy. They don't really have the resources there. And they need places like the United States to make sure their energy gets there because that massive Navy that everybody's talking about is not what is called a blue water Navy. It's not a Navy that can sustain, can sustain operations in open ocean waters for a very long time, which is why people always call the United States the world's policeman because we can park an aircraft carrier off the coast someplace and let it sit there for months on end. And, it's perfectly fine and self-contained and the carrier group that's around it. So China does not have those abilities. Mm-hmm. They, they might in the future, you know, but not in the next 20 years. They, they're not ready for that yet. Even the later, they just created an aircraft carrier and they launched it and all that. It's going to be years before they get all of the, the little kinks out of it before it's fully operational. And even that aircraft carrier can only sail port to port cannot sustain operations that far away from China. So there's that. They also don't have the refueling capability like the United States does for their Air Force. So basically all Chinese actions, I know I'm just kind of rambling here, but (laughs) all Chinese actions actually have to happen within a couple hundred miles of their border, which again, Blinken going into Vietnam, we're uh, outside of China, I think, Vietnam has the longest coastline associated with the South China Sea. And they're, you know, a next door neighbor to China. So just kind of an interesting kind of play on stuff if, as you're looking at it. So anyway, bring it up. Uh, 
that kind of stuff. We are pretty good friends with India as well. And if you want to see funny videos, just uh, Google Indian Chinese fist fights along the border because they won't shoot at each other. <laughs> but they get in these, the Indian military and the Chinese military get into these massive fist fight brawls right at the border between their two countries. And it is hilarious. Don't see that on TikTok no. or the news. <laughs> so they, yeah, they try not to shoot at each other, but they have these big guard posts right there. And then they get in these fist fights, usually over water rights. I, occasionally people have been thrown off cliffs during that. So people have died, but yeah, they're, they're there. Wow. So, yeah, all, all these different cultures, all these company, all these kind of companies, Company. countries are very different cultures, and so ah, China really does need the United States, not only for our opulence comparatively, but also mm-hmm. we are a more creative culture, yeah, and inventive culture. I mean, it changes from time to time, but there are so many things that seem to have a prominence, prominent rise in Asian cultures because. The American culture, well, the Western cultures, mm-hmm. um, invented a technology and went, nah, and throws it away. And then, whoops, it takes off. Yeah. Um, it's happened who knows how many times. But we kind of need each other. Um, mm-hmm. It would be nice if we weren't dependent on them for all of whatever, phones, chips. Yeah. Dollar, things they, dollar yeah. tree items. <laughs> yeah. Do- <laughs> cheap uh, plastic molded but cool stuff. You know. Right. Um. Yeah, so I, I've heard other people say that before, and they go, oh, so Chinese people can't. It's like, it's cultural. Mm-hmm. It is, even though they're a one race, effectively, mm-hmm. so low numbers or everything else. Um, yeah, I just mean the way they're cultured, the way they're raised, the way they're educated. Mm-hmm. They do some things far better than we do. And that goes for India. That goes for South Korea. That goes for Vietnam. All of them. They all have their strengths and weaknesses and interdependencies, resources, whatever. Yeah. And um, we're, it's very complicated. It's we're not in a like global economy. they need money. They're going to come bomb us and take it over. Went, well, that's not a very effective way. <laughs> you see how easy it is for Russia to take over Ukraine, right? Yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, I used a to long time. sit and talk to a, a lady in her 70s who, who was a retiree from a very large manufacturing company in the United States. And in her time, she saw a lot of that manufacturing go overseas Mm -hmm. and some of that to China would simply just go on small tirades about, we need to bring manufacturing back to the United States. And uh, she was a big union person as well, which is fine. And then I would say to her, Oh, you got a new phone, you know, because she upgraded from a wired phone to a handheld you know receiver and a base station and i looked at the brand name on it and she goes yeah i just got that at you know like walmart or something wherever it doesn't matter where she got it and i said oh did you make sure it was manufactured in the united states and she said no i searched for the lowest price i was like oh okay so you're supporting what you're arguing against mm-hmm. right now. So, and then even then, if it had the made in U.S. label, it was you know only partially made. In, it was like assembled in the United States, right? So, it half of the parts were made in other places. 
and they would ship them to the United States for final assembly, uh, which still goes on. Like car manufacturers, like Ford will say, oh, it's built built in the USA, but all the... Yish. <laughs> yeah, like half the parts are made in Canada, half are made in Mexico. The circuit boards are put together overseas someplace. All those things get shipped here, and then, yep, the final assembly is done at some Ford motor plant someplace. But that's nothing new. I no. mean, are you familiar with iPencil? Yeah. Okay, so the... Uh, oh, gosh, why... Sorry, names escape me sometimes. <laughs> Mike, Milton Friedman. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so not, not getting political or anything. This is pure manufacturing. It, yeah. The story basically goes, nobody knows how to construct a pencil. Mm-hmm. No one person, because it comes from so many different sources. The wood, the eraser, the metal, the paint, the graphite. Uh, the way it's milled, the way it's created, the way it's combined. And um, that doesn't really apply completely to what we're talking about, but it's always going to change. And I can't remember the source, but I remember hearing another program. I don't want you to think it's my thought. <laughs> talking about um, why aren't we trying to strengthen Mexico? Because mm-hmm. their labor costs are very low. Uh, we've got an immigration problem. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter how strong you think it is. There are numbers coming over. We also have a drug problem mm-hmm. with fentanyl coming over and other drugs and so forth. But there could be almost nothing but benefit to strengthen our southern neighbor and import more goods from them. Mm-hmm. The cost savings would be amazing. The Just having another, already an ally, but a stronger, I don't know. It, it's, if there was a better life south, they wouldn't come up here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many cool things that go on, and I think a lot of these these global concepts are. I don't want to say I'm smarter than everyone. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting at. I'm just looking at it kind of at a more meta level, where it's really easy to focus at one and get mad at another country. Yeah. And if you're more stupid you you blame it at a certain race right which is just dumb um well and and they're the whole global kind of thought process is their strength and diversity right that's right so but not arguing for globalism in fact we are we saw something the other day we're in a deglobalization mode right now the for the most part in the in the world which i think is much better yeah Uh, autonomy and and trade and, and but if we to if we're, shouldn't say interdependent, but if we s- spread our manufacturing base around, it actually makes us stronger, you know, because, but the, the reason that China is such a weak link right now is because we've depended on one country to do it, yep. you know, but if we, if the stuff for Dollar Tree was made in China was made in there's stuff right now made in Vietnam, there's stuff made in African countries, when that industrial base for those kind of consumer products not talking military but consumer products plastic kind of things that we all use wires blah 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 that gets spread around the world so that people can have a better price point because it's being made in a different country and have those that choice that actually makes the world stronger because if one country goes down for whatever reason you have multiple other places that you can get the product from during the pandemic because so much was coming out of China, and China got a you know went into lockdown. Their factories weren't running. We're still reeling, reeling from that. Yeah, I mean, look, I, yep. there's 
people buying cars right now that they're still waiting for chips to come in so they're one part in there will work because it's one chip that's missing, but they've decided to ship them and just said, we'll get the chip in it later because that one chip was made in one place. Well, and it's a, it's a, it's a capitalist concept to have not one source. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because then they can't turn around and have a, a monopoly and overcharge you for things. But when you have different, no matter if you're communist, socialist, um, uh, free market, capitalist system, anything, anarchy, that's going to control it between entities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, I agree completely. Um, there are so many benefits to having multiple sources and multiple multiple supply lines. Yeah. Multiple, uh, yeah. Absolutely. So, so uh, anyway, all that being said, and now we're taking a break for the cat to go outside. Oh, no, the cat was outside. Now the cat's coming in. God bless commentary on pets going in and out. Um, no, no, I don't own a zoo. <laughs> but if you have one for sale. <laughs> <laughs> we did see a bunch of puppies at a flea market yesterday, oh, and I was almost me. positive <laughs> you guys were coming home with one. It was hard. <laughs> there was a couple moments where Tom started walking backwards from the puppies. <laughs> Yeah, I certainly didn't touch any because they would have stuck to my hand. That's right. What is that Velcro? (laughs) Uh, So let's talk. This is a cultural thing, especially in the United States, but I think it's going to affect stuff worldwide. That's a there's several car companies, Tesla, Ford, BMW being the primary ones that are in their models coming up. They're going to take AM out of the radio bands that are available in the vehicles. Now, on their side... Um, and this is going to happen particularly in electric vehicles because they say that's an extra expense and added weight of the radio. So they just want to kind of do, you know, more, uh, streaming kind of technology. So, and FM is a different, um, style of antenna. So it's lighter because it's a higher frequency. Um, uh, AM radios, they have what's called a loop stick antenna, which is basically a big magnet with a whole bunch of wires around it. It's a lower frequency. It's amplitude modulation AM. Uh, it's a different style. So AM radios compared to FM radios are heavier, but not that much heavier. And just radios in and of themselves, yep, you know, uh, Radios can be very small. Have you seen a transistor radio? Uh, anybody got a headset with a radio built into it? it yeah. So, but but FM can be handled because the antenna is different the way uh, than the. Uh, oh, the dogs are getting along now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we've been here two or three days. And they have not made this much noise the whole time we've been here. But, yep. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Tom's over. Come on, Barky Bark. <laughs> uh, I think the dog was stuck. That's Cosmo. He's having a little physical issue right now. So is he going to be okay? Don't know. <laughs> Might have to rename the show. <laughs> the Barking Hour. Yeah. Tom and Scott... The Tom and Scott podcast show plus pugs. So, uh, 
you said this earlier that it's like oh it's the end of an era and i did used to use my am radio a lot but i haven't used a radio at all Mm -hmm. in the car for a long time yeah i usually use my phone so when they're saying they want to install uh, st- streaming content or satellite content, I'm like, well, that's definitely a waste of money. But a lot of people do like XM or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, I use podcasts. Imagine that. Um, or or just use the cell phone. Yeah. So you can da- I listen to YouTube. I listen. I don't watch while I'm driving. <laughs> I swear. Plus, most of them are are audio based anyway. Um. Or I do have Spotify, but you could do Pandora, whatever. As long as mm-hmm. you have a good cell phone provider, yeah, you really don't need any a, a radio. But my wife likes to use that car, mm-hmm. it would, and she'll turn on the FM. Yeah, but not well. In, in most AM stations, actually, at the, least in larger AM communities, is terrible in a car anyway. They're great in a house. Yeah. Well, it's the better. car loses the signal. A yeah, lot in it, cities. it's better than it used to be because they yeah. did. When they when they upgraded the signal quality to do AM stereo, yeah, which a lot most larger AM stations bought into that, mm-hmm. um, that increased the signal quality. Now there's there's benefits to AM because it's a lower frequency signal. It uh, goes through walls better, and this is like, like what you're saying. So internally in your house, you will actually pick up AM better than FM. Unless you're closer, real close to an FM transmitter. EM also, because it's lower frequency, can go further. So, uh-huh. and then on, you know, different, uh, um, different temperature inversions in the atmosphere and stuff, AM will bounce around all over the place. So I remember as a kid at night, in the middle, growing up in the middle of the United States, at night, if I'm playing with the AM dial, I'd pick up a station that was down in Atlanta, Georgia. I'd yep. pick up a station, you know, wherever. So I'm picking up stations that are a thousand miles away because it bounce off the ionosphere and then bounce back down into my area. So that that will happen. The AM radio waves will propagate and um, go all over the place depending on temperatures and times of year and such. So, it, so but the uh, the big um, push against this is am is the uh, because of its propagation the way it goes inside houses and buildings and and that is that it's a emergent it is the emergency radio band so when all else fails am is going to be there because of the way it's transmitted and that but uh the it well i will say am radio in the late 80s was about to be phased out. The one thing that saved AM radio was Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, talk radio. Yep. yep, yep. And it wasn't even talk radio. It was Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, he reinvented that that yeah. medium. Love him or hate him, he did reinvent that because he had a yeah a thousand. I don't want to say copycats, but they followed the formula. Mm-hmm. So I guess they did copycat. Yeah, but they were inspired by that style. Yep, right. I agree. I and agree. if. If uh, I think it was 88 when he came online, 87, 88, when he went national, of course. Yeah, the national was the important part because they had AM affiliates everywhere and you could always get it somehow. Yeah, Yeah, because, uh, right, because uh, he drew advertising and advertising means money and money means we put them on the air, right? So, uh, yeah, because when I was driving through the Midwest for in my former career, 
I would start losing one city, and then I just knew if I turned the dial a half an inch, I'd pick pick up a radio station, whatever it was, whether it was Rush Limbaugh I was listening to or whoever, I'd pick them up if they were nationally syndicated, as long as they were broadcasting them at the same time. And they didn't have news radio anymore, no. really, which would have been similar. Yeah. But so, having one voice is better. It's, yeah, and so... This is also an urban versus rural mm-hmm. issue because uh, in states that have a lot of rural people, AM radio is listened to more because the farmer out on his combine is listening to AM radio. He's not listening to FM because he's too far from the transmitter. Well, and the land's flat, most likely, if you're yeah, farming. It, so you have no prop like, and I've driven through Chicago listening to WLS. If you don't know, that's a big mm-hmm. AM station in Chicago. Um, and they also have an FM thing. And when you go in the city, you'd switch to the FM side. Because if you want to keep listening, I would listen to Rokan back then. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Loved Rokan. It was funny. Um, but then the signal was great. But all those buildings, just things bouncing off. And other channels bouncing off mm-hmm. and taking over that channel. So Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, you'd switch to the... FM or the frequency modulation because you wouldn't lose the station, uh, and that that was an issue. So this the story you know that we'll post in the show notes doesn't bring that up, but this really is a rural versus urban. Hmm. You know, and half our country is rural and half our country is urban. About you know the population split about both ways. So I think it's a, tilting a little more urban now, but um, but there is a concern out there about this. So you have these stations that are, they call them 50,000 watt blow torches, you know, like, like KFAB in Omaha, WNAX in Yankton, South Dakota, the one in St. Louis. Um, I think WLS. WLS is, they say that too. 50,000 watt. 50, watt blow torch. Those are massive stations. And several of them have to, at nighttime again, they have to change how they broadcast because of the AM propagation. They will actually interfere with stations the next state over because of the way at nighttime when the the all that all those uh, um, atmospheric conditions happen when something in one state is going to bounce over to the next state and interfere with that station. So they have to actually change the change the dynamics of their antenna to change the lobe of their broadcast so they don't interfere with stations at different different times of the day, which is sure. kind of, that gets really technical, but um, uh, interesting fact, you know what WLS stands for? Uh, yes. Uh, well, Lakeshore is LS, right? Lakeshore nope. Drive. Really? World's largest store. Okay. Yep. Cause it was, there's a point. It was started by Sears. Ah, Huh. I always thought it was for Lakeshore. No, nope. Lakeshore Drive. No, huh? Yeah, nothing to do with it. So, you know, you know those call signs are always kind of interesting once you get into it. And of course, hey, have you seen a Sears Lake? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another thing with that, uh, you brought up the ionosphere and so forth. And I used to hear stories about people in the Navy being way out on the ocean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not subs. But anyway, they could pick up all kinds of stations too because oh, it would yeah. bounce, bounce down the uh, on the water and off the atmosphere. Yeah. It would just keep going and going and going and going. 
Yeah. So once you get in, it's you know quite interesting to study the dynamics between AM and FM radio. So FM can be just on a little computer chip, and you don't need much of an antenna at all. Oh, there's little pirates that go around and only infect neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. Little pirate station. Well, I, but but I wonder, and I, I agree, it's kind of end of an era. But I think AM's doing okay still. <laughs> and how many people use their car? Yeah, I don't know. I really just don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. The uh, but I I do know like the local AM station I listen to in the northern latitudes, they have an FM component, so they simulcast on FM and AM at the same time. And I in most urban areas I think the um, AM stations are doing that. But I will say the you know the FM uh, sometimes the transmitters in the same location, sometimes it's not, but. Of course, when you look at the broadcast radius, depending on the wattage of the AM station, the AM goes much further. Now, it used to be before phase lock loop tuners, uh, back in the day when you had the inductive or capacitive tuners in a system, especially on AM, uh, because it's amplitude modulation, you get the volume of the... uh, audio out of the amplitude of the frequency coming in if you were further from the station you would actually have to turn your radio up to keep the volume the same so if you were driving away from the station the audio inside your radio now it didn't happen at your house because you're not moving but if you're out driving the further you got from the station the softer the audio would get and the more you'd have to turn it up and if you were headed towards the antenna in general then you'd be turning it down because the amplitude would get higher because you're closer to the transmission point so uh so but with newer phase lock loop tuners that took care of that issue so uh that's a whole nother subject to get into phase lock is that how they became uh, five by five yeah (laughs) it did help with that (laughs) um So let's see here. Oh, we're going to finish up with this story today, which I found really interesting. And I didn't even know what was going on. This uh, a couple of news source, but I got one from The Guardian. Uh, Beatrice, I think, uh, Flamini. Uh, she, uh, was, she's from Spain. She decided to live in a cave for 500 days alone. Uh which I'm like, I didn't hear of that, about this. She's a 50-year-old woman who is self-classifies herself as an extreme sporting person. Uh, she does look very physically fit and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, she just decided to uh, try to break some world record and live in a cave for 500 days alone. She told everybody, don't tell me what's going on in the outside world. I don't want to know anything. Even if somebody dies, I don't want to know. Uh, and she, the first thing she said when she came out, she had dark glasses on because, of course, she's been without sunlight for almost two years. Uh, she, she said, I was expecting to come out and have a shower. I wasn't expecting there to be so much interest. So she comes out to this big crowd of uh, like reporters and people congratulating her. And she's like, what's going on? I just stayed in a cave for 500 days. No big deal, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> But, uh, you know, kind of kudos to her. This is a 
quite an achievement. <clears throat> she had uh, some basic like light lighting stuff down there, and they asked her, um, you know, how was she keeping track of time? And she said, after day sixty-five, I didn't worry about it. So, like after two months, she totally lost track of what the time was, which I found kind of interesting. So, not to ask the obvious question, but why? Yeah. Other than to see if I could do it. That's what it kind of sounds like. Uh, yeah. I, you know, they don't really say why she did it. Well, parts of it are appealing. Like, yeah. you don't want to hear any noise. I can understand that, even though I can't give it up. I would really like to give it up. I think I was telling you the other day, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think Twitter's fine, but whatever. But social media in general was just starting to bash me upside the head. I'm like, okay, just put it down, step away, mm-hmm. spend some time away. It's just people talking. And I wonder if that was part of it, because she said, don't tell me if anybody dies. Don't tell me what's going on. Yeah. She, yeah, it was kind of like... She's she wanted to break some endurance kind of thing for herself. It, the article really doesn't uh, doesn't really say why she wanted to do it, but it was kind of like she had some kind of internal drive to just see how long she could survive in there. Wow. Um, Took vitamin D supplements, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, they did ask her, "What about your poo?" <laughs> You know, kind of thing. Thanks for your for your valid question. Although, what about it? <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, every she said every five days she went to um, a certain. She was so far in the cave she couldn't see the entrance, and then they had picked a point where people outside would bring food and supplies to that point, and then she would come and get those supplies and then leave her poo and stuff there. Which, okay, yeah. Because that's, I was wondering, like, how did, you can't, like, if you're down in a dark cave for that long, you can't figure out, you know, what is, what does everything look like? I mean, you can't be in the dark that long. Your eyes will shut down. So it's, you know, it becomes an issue. But she did have some light and people were bringing her batteries and, and things like that. So, um, it is kind of interesting. I, I, I kind of, I hope she writes a book about this. Yeah. Because she said she read 60 books while she was down there. And, um, you know, kind of lost, she just slept when she needed to sleep. And she would do like basic exercises and stuff to stay healthy. Um, she say, actually said she was dozing when they came to get her. <laughs> and um, she said... Uh, at one point when they were interviewing her, she said, it just felt like I just started going down. She, said, she lost track of time so much. She didn't even realize how long she'd been down there. So just, yeah, just kind of an interesting moment, but, uh, you know, kudos to her. Cause, uh, I couldn't do it. You know, I, there's, there's just no way. Yeah. I'd I panic if I leave the house without my phone. Yeah. I, which, it's silly, but it just, you gotta feel like you're in touch with something. Yeah, like you had to stay connected, and uh, I don't know. I yeah. Anyway, kudos to her because it's something I I wouldn't even plan on doing, <laughs> and um, 
yeah, and I just think it's cool that she was able to do that. Um, well, that's about all for today. We want to thank you all for joining us in the pugs uh, <laughs> for our Waffle House visit today. We'll be back again soon with another episode, probably over Zoom next time. Uh, and from the Northern Latitudes, uh, from the Northern Latitudes, but broadcasting from the Southern Latitudes, I'm Scott. And uh, just want to say happy trails. Yeah. It was we're great having to, you here. You're supposed to say your name. Well, I'm Tom. <laughs> you're Tom. And happy trails. trails. <laughs> yeah. Good, goodbye again, and uh, God bless you. Yeah. Be seeing you. All right. Take care, everybody.